to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for your health and athletics. Having had raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons, she's now brought all of her knowledge and brought it back to you so you can now be an expert. So sit back, relax, and the knowledge you'll receive will have you off to the races. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times where the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au slash run, or you can find them on Instagram at Health High Performance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia is the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code Peak Endurance, that's Peak Endurance, all one word with caps, to get 10% off at checkout. Now, who doesn't like saving money? Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Episode 130 is an interview with Mark Grimmer, an everyday runner with an anything but everyday story. I got to know Mark through being invited onto his team for Run Against Violence in 2020. He is an inspiring guy and I hope you get lots of inspiration from this episode. And if you do enjoy this episode, would you be able to do me a favour and subscribe and write a review? I appreciate all your support. Now, as I have so few coaching places left, I've started a new program, Peak Performance Coaching. This is one-on-one coaching sessions recorded over Zoom designed to specifically suit your, your needs of developing a peak performance mindset and approach to running. This will also be limited as it is a highly personalized service, so I recommend quickly getting onto my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au, and filling out the form to get yourself on the waiting list. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Tom here, back with some more thoughts. And today I just wanted to talk about running and appreciating being able to run uh, with your training and just kind of taking a step back at your training and appreciate it. I've just, I just came off an injury for a couple of months where I wasn't really able to run at all and it completely changed my perspective uh, on running. And I was kind of getting sick of running at the time and running ultra marathons and I was wondering why I was doing it. And... What I didn't realize, I just needed the rest. And what that rest actually gave me was time to appreciate actually how much I enjoyed running itself um, and what running running bring to my life. Uh, and I just feel like we always seem to get caught um, with how fast we're trying to go or specific races where we're just trying to get certain places or beat certain people or whatever it is that competitive ego in us all 
constantly judging each run was it better than the last run or training weeks where we're doing mileage and like did I do as much as I did last week I got to do more this week and I just got to keep increasing and increasing and we put so much pressure on ourselves and then we start getting anxious about our training I say us as in me I'm assuming some people can relate and but what getting injured did was just gave me time to sit back and actually think about how much I enjoyed it and coming back um, I've gone in with a different mindset of just going out there to enjoy it and just do it what I used to and mix things up and not worry about pace and not worry about races and all that and I've actually had the most funnest and most productive training weeks I've ever had I had 300 mile training weeks and enjoyed every minute of it and I think this is important and something we should all learn Hi, Mark, and welcome back to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me again. No worries. Now, you were last on the podcast when we talked about Run Against Violence. Can you let listeners know how that all went? Yeah, it was great, I think. I was the team captain. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were terrible. No, no, you were great. Yeah, no, look, it was was a lot of fun. Um, um, I think there was a little bit of a change considering, you know, as everyone knows I think now most of our team was Canberra based I think when we last spoke everything was rosy COVID wise here in the ACT but that sort of changed and uh we yeah, were, we were in... still contemplating uh, 100k I was even still thinking I might get there yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that's right um but that all that all changed like a week before I think the event started when we yeah. entered frankly our first real lockdown of this this whole pandemic apart from the first sort of month or so so um, we were on a pretty tight um, uh, sort of outdoor exercise regime of, for the first few days. It was only an hour a day and then the, it got increased to two hours a day. Um, so that's uh, kind of changed, I think, how everyone's sort of individual plans in the mm. team um, sort of went. But uh, we still ended up with a really high number, um, which escapes me right now. But it was we definitely yeah, got same. from... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Broken Hill to Sydney and back again and back again and we'd started to turn around so it was it was only a a few hundred kilometers shorter than our efforts last year which I think was 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 great um, considering we had a big 100k event here in Canberra cancelled because of uh, because of our lockdown so um, which you know would have been probably a thousand-ish kilometer day um, yes for us because there was yeah quite a few people doing 100k and uh and, and shorter distances there as well so um, and, um, but yeah still great yeah and and we came our team was second second or third, third. one of the two we kept we kept swapping between second yeah. and third and i can't remember yeah. what exactly we were on either uh, we might have landed on second but uh yeah but that Let's team say that's, second. Um, we'll, we'll say yeah. second <laughs> that's right that's right um hopefully Kiralee's now an avid uh watch through your podcast and she'll jump on and correct us <laughs> um um and yeah, you just say team. we were first what will anyone know yeah that's right that's right no that team that that, that did come first um that first team of 20 they yeah over yeah. five thousand kilometers and a double double out and back effectively from broken oh. hill to sydney so yeah that was that was huge yeah that was huge um, 
Now, um, now we're actually on today <clears throat> not to just talk about run against violence, as, as good as that is, and, and I'm assuming we're all going to do it again next year and hopefully none of us will be in lockdown. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sounds awesome. So everyone else keep that in mind. Um, we're actually on today to talk about you because people, listeners have shown an interest in hearing about, you know, everyday runners and you've got a really awesome and interesting story on how you got into running, what your life was like beforehand. So I thought we would, would talk about that. So would you like to get us started and, and let us know um, how long you've been a runner, how you got into it and, and, and your story of getting into running? Yeah, um, I guess getting into running was more or less accidentally. Um, I grew up, um, you know, playing team sports as sort of most kids do, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, you know, soccer predominantly and, and a lot of sort of cricket and rugby league at school um, and was never really, didn't really enjoy running outside of team sport sort of and, and didn't just as a kid or a teenager go out for a run on the weekend um, or anything like that. Um, but I always have had, I guess, some inbuilt like for endurance sport or endurance activities. Loved going on like overnight hikes, um, you know, carrying all my stuff on the back as, as, a, as a teenager and, 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 you know, two and three night trips and all of that. So, um, and before running, sort of cycled for a couple of years and, and, and did, you know, some sort of 90, 100K sort of bike rides, which not terribly huge for cycling, but, but still out, out for, you know, four or five hours at a time. Um, and, yeah, didn't really start running until, say, now 15 or so years ago when I basically built it into a commute to work. Um, and that initially started as a walk. So I was um, <clears throat> at that period of time living in Western Sydney, um, quite West, almost at the foot of the Blue Mountains, um, just, just a few kilometers away from there um, and working on Sydney's lower North shore. Um, so yeah, it's a 55, 60 kilometer commute. Um, yeah, even even way back then, you know, oh, traffic would have been a yeah, yeah, that's right. Traffic would have been a nightmare and yeah. super expensive to to drive and stuff. So I basically got a train and like an express train to the nearest train station that I could, and then had about a five kilometer walk um, um, from Milsons Point in Sydney, North Sydney, to um, to to Mossman, um, and did that return each day. So ten k's of walking. Um, and yeah, just one day started to run bits and pieces of it. And for anyone that knows that part of Sydney, it's not flat. It, it's it's just undulating and there's some good hills in there. Um, so, so when you started this commute, um, yeah. what was your, were you like very fit at the time or, or not? No, no, I wasn't. I was always sort of, always been a bit of a sort of bigger person. Um, and, you know, Maybe in the 12, 24 months before that, my idea um, of exercise was walking like a K a day to and from work when well, we moved from, from, from Mossman out into the Western suburbs. Um, so, you know, I, I was larger. I don't know really what I 
weight. I've never really been one to get on scales, but probably like 110, 115 kilos, that type of thing. Um, and yeah, just really quite sedentary at that point of time in my life. Um, so was your reasoning for starting this commute, was it to get fitter and lose weight? Or you no, no, not at no. all. Um, quite so frankly, what was your motivation? Um, I worked out very quickly that it didn't cost me any time in my commute by including that 5K walk each way, so 10Ks a day. Um, it didn't cost me any time in my commute. Um, the alternatives were either like changing trains somewhere, getting a bus. I've always hated buses, so do anything possible to avoid that. Um, I could get a ferry from like Circular Quay across the other side of the harbour, but they're pretty expensive. Um, so I was just, and and it was actually longer as well if I got uh, the ferry. So I just yeah. went, as weird as it kind of sounded, the, the the quickest way for get to get me to work, and it turned out to be the cheapest, um, was an express train and um, and um, and and the walk, and even walking, um, yeah, it was still quicker than changing trains and all of that type of stuff. Um, and yeah, like, as I said, I've always liked walking or hiking or, or, or whatever. Um, so that was fine. Um, and, and, and so what made you decide to start changing it to, to a run? I think that was, that was a, a uh, uh, side effect of your will of, of, of after a few months of doing the walking, um, I had lost a little bit of weight no idea how much but you know I had to get new work shirts and that type of stuff like that oh. was fairly baggy um and I was I actually feel as though the first day I ran a bit it was either really cold for Sydney cold not would have been still warm now that I'm in Canberra um yeah. or it might have been raining or something so I was like oh, or oh. trying to rain so I was like I'll try to get to work a little bit quicker um and just ran I don't know. It was probably just the downhills parts of it, or yeah. something like that. Um, and yeah, that over. So I was doing this all up for about two years, um, and it would have been within the first, let's say, three months that I started to to, to run a bit, jog a bit, um, and then then it became a challenge. You know how you know, run a little bit more each day or maybe not every day, say three days of the week or something so did like you, that. And then did you start increasing the distance, like getting off at an earlier station? No, I never did that, but I did start to, um, yeah, do a bit more running outside of that. So, yeah. um, you know, I can remember, um, you know, maybe doing a 10K on a weekend or something. My wife would be on the bike next to me um, or, or whatnot. And in that, Somewhere in that time, I ran my first half marathon. Um, so I think before I ran at some point a 15K run on a weekend, yeah. um, which was, you know, all, all dead flat because every day, Monday to Friday was, was fairly hilly. And, and then one ran a road half marathon in, in and around the Sydney CBD sometime in that period. So that would have been like 2008, nine. 10 that sort of period um, and so um and so you ran a half marathon which you know is still a decent distance when you're a beginner 
runner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Much, you know, and, and it's not just for beginners, obviously, but we're talking ultra running here, so, yep. you know. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, did you ever for a minute think when you were doing all of this that you would become a runner? I, I, I distinctly remember after that first half marathon having a conversation with a colleague at work. I couldn't remember his name now. Um, yeah. But I remember standing at his office door saying, why the hell would anyone run a marathon? It's stupid. <laughs> I was like wrecked. My toes were probably black and bruised. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, and I think it would have been over 12 months later, I think, that I ran another half marathon, which was again in Sydney. Oh, wow. Um, so it took you that long. To yeah, I don't know if there was, yeah, yeah, I don't know if there was a reason why or just a yeah. circumstance, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a fair while. And um, so how long until you ran an actual marathon then? So my first marathon was only in 2014. Um, yeah. 14? Yeah, 14. Um, and I guess that's where the interesting stuff really starts for me because that wasn't just a road marathon anywhere um it wasn't even in australia that was um in nepal on mount everest and um, you know so you've gone from i don't think i should ever do a marathon to going to nepal to do your first yeah marathon. what was the thought yeah. process that led to that one that's all going to nepal to hike has always been like a bucket list um my dad and i i feel as though we tried to go and then some maybe a family wedding or something like that got in the way at some point. Um, like dad had some mutual friends that had gone over there and done it before and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, by 2014, I'd been in Canberra for about three years and it was, we were out on a, on a, on a hike with some friends of ours and uh, yeah, just, there was conversation about this, uh, group um sort of travel or trip to to nepal to run a marathon and uh i was just like immediately sold um yeah. i don't even know if i was invited but i invited myself <laughs> very quickly and uh um you know that was all about going to nepal for a month to hike and walk through nepal um uh, and you know the marathon i was always going to do but didn't yeah. put too much thought into that side of it um, and so um what sort of elevation or altitude i should say is is that marathon yeah. at? so it starts at mount everest base camp which is five thousand three hundred meters above sea level Whoa. um yeah and you yeah it's yeah so you can't breathe or anything like that <laughs> um and it finishes at the relatively low uh Nemche, which is three thousand five hundred meters above sea level uh, which normally would be going wild, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Um, but there's still 1,200 metres of climbing on the course. Even oh, though it's, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of up and down um, hmm. um, with some good solid climbs in there, even though you lose, and it's obviously a net downhill course by a yes, long yes, way, clearly. it's still 1,200 metres of climbing. Wow. Um, on, and, and, and downhill and, is, is hard on the legs anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had um, exactly halfway through um, my ITB and my left knee uh, blew up. I don't think I knew what my ITB was, uh, um, but I was just practically hopping. Like the last the last half of it, it was just so painful. And just every step downhill, um, you know, I was popping like 
codeine was still fine back then. So, you know, yeah, it was just so much misindole and and then just trying oh, no. to get through that. Yeah. It Typical was um, newbie mistakes with the pain. Oh, yeah, because, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but it was pretty painful. Um, yeah. It was a great run. Like, it's obviously fairly rocky old terrain and um you know lots so of it, it was traffic. a trail it's a trail marathon yeah yep 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 so you're running on um all the main paths and walking paths you know in in in, in that part of nepal um so you've got you know other other people on there it's it's predominantly single track a lot of it's fairly hard compact um uh, dirt and trail but it's lots of rocks um uh especially in the first maybe well <laughs> that time of the year in nepal it's meant to be up even up high at base camp it's not meant to be a lot of snow and ice around but we had a massive blizzard in the 24 to 36 hours beforehand <laughs> we actually had so the race is meant to start from everest base camp but we had to get sort of self-evacuated out of base camp to the nearest town which is three k's away um because of of uh, snowfall. I'm talking about 100 centimetres of snow in 24, 36 hours. Oh, and, and we're sleeping in tents, in like yeah. two-man <laughs> North Face tents. Um, uh, yeah, so we had to move our start line. But the first 5Ks of our run was on ice, literally on, 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 on snow and ice. Um, and then, yeah, through the trails and, and it was snowing. No, it wasn't snowing, sorry. It was There, there was snow and ice around for the first 20-odd Ks. Um, and so just going back to the start, how did you, how long did you take to acclimatise to that? Um... So we were in Nepal for about three, three and a half weeks before the run. And we um, walked, um, was it about 180 kilometres in total, basically starting from, I mean, Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal, is not that much higher than than Canberra in terms of, of altitude. So we started there, drove to the foot where we actually started our walk, which is uh, about 12, 1300 metres above sea level. So still nice and low and then walked for yeah. two and a half, three weeks. Um, increasing and slowly our ascending, every day. basically. Yeah. Yep, slowly ascending every day and um, sleeping high. Uh, no, sorry, going higher each day and sleeping lower than what the highest is you have been. Um, so I had no issues with the altitude at all, apart from one day at our the highest we slept was about five thousand five hundred meters above yeah. sea level. Um, so higher than we started the run, and that we spent three nights at that height, and I had a really minor headache, but I don't think I even took. Wow, so you're 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 obviously um quite good at dealing with with some altitude then. Well, yeah, I mean it's the first and only time I've been at that yeah. height, um, you know. So, but yeah, I think we we were really smart about the way we did it, um, you know, and 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 spending a good amount of time there beforehand, yeah. fairly minor altitude gains each day, um, and once we got maybe above about two and a half thousand three thousand meters we'd get to our accommodation and we'd find a high point a good two or three hundred meters higher and just walk there and sit yeah. take a take a urn of tea with us and just go and sit there for a couple of hours um and have a chat and then walk back down and um 
you know, and sleep lower than what the highest we had been and, and, and just did that every single day to help. I've also heard that when you're at altitude, you tend to uh, need more carbs, like you burn more carbs. Mm. Find that during, during the race? Yeah. Uh, well, I've worked it out by the race. So during the race, it was totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I remember early on in, in our, our trekking, one day for lunch, I had uh, like a salad or like a very vegetable rich um, meal without like any um, any main carb source. And the rest of that day's walk, I was just spent, um, really noticed it. So we wouldn't have been that high and it was, um, but we probably still, you know, had a thousand meters of climbing and maybe 10 Ks or thereabouts of walking that day. And I just remember being absolutely spent um, putting that down to carbs and, and yeah, just made sure I sort of changed um, what I ate um, for every single meal and, and knew that eating carbs wouldn't be an issue um, over there. And, and, and yeah, by the time we got to the races, you know, probably three weeks of carb loading, really, I was good. <laughs> and so were you the only one in the group who did the marathon or did everyone do it? I don't know. So it was pretty much the whole purpose of the trip. There was um, about three quarters of us that went were um, uh, there to, to run the marathon um, or to, to enter the marathon. There was a couple that, that didn't, that purely went. So my dad came along um, and, and was over there for, for the majority of that time. And, and when we went to the start of the marathon, my dad and the two or three others that didn't started walking back to the finish line so they could okay. all be at the finish for us yeah, when we got nice. there yep perfect and so um what was a high point of the race oh. as in not high obviously <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i mean the entire eight hours and 16 minutes that it took like you, you start running on Mount Everest is just that's just bizarre so for starters, yeah. you know. Yeah, I can um, imagine it would be surreal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's only about 180 people that do the event oh, each year, oh. so it's it, it's small. Um, and then yeah, running over the snow and the ice for that, you know, first first you know properly five k's, and then then seeing it around. Um, and it was really cool having only walked that exact route within the week beforehand um traversing it again and and, and seeing the same families that live in the same guest houses oh, yeah, um that you that you only stayed at um you know in the in the week or so beforehand yeah um and yeah and then obviously you know the finish line feels of of, of, of that event it was pretty cool um you know it was in a like a school or something like that or out out side area of, of, of a school or community field or oval or something so you know all the big companies had their tents up there and uh you know getting a little certificate at the end um was cool and yeah my dad was there at the finish line as i sort of come across so oh that would have been great he made it yeah 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 and, absolutely and so is it um you said there's only 180 people is that because not many people decide to do it or do they limit the numbers um, I'm not hundred percent sure, to be honest. Um, we had no difficulty like getting tickets or anything like that. Um, you normally have to book it through like the Everest Marathon company. 
yeah. um, and and they sell it like as a much shorter package. Um, but um, we just paid them an exorbitant amount of money to um, only buy a two or three day package off them. Um, because you can't just randomly rock up at Mount Everest Base Camp and yeah. stay there. You can only stay there either through being part of an Everest summit expedition or running in this marathon. Um, so you have to buy into their package. But um, I'd like to think there'd be... I mean, there's there's overall caps, allegedly, on, on access to the park and visitors to the park. Yeah. Um, so there'd be some, some type of limit there. But yeah. it was easy enough to, to get in. Yeah. Um, so was there any particular difficulty or challenge during during the event for you? Um, I, like I said, I always found, like, the breathing is obviously difficult in the first part. You know, yeah. you, you, there's only so much running you can do. Um, I guess to put it into perspective, yeah, I, I mean, the locals, the Nepalis, they smash it. Um, you know, they're, 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 run, they're running the course in, in, in sort of not much over three hours. Um, you know, so so they obviously live up there and have no issues. But but I think I haven't paid. Well, it obviously hasn't been ran in the last few years with everything that goes on. But um, you know, I think uh, the best Western times are more like four four and a half hours. Um, so that that was always a struggle. But then for me, it was Monique from halfway. You know, um, I just couldn't 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 run even if I wanted to. Um, it was yeah, just quite quite painful and difficult and so um so then with your knee after like how much more of your trip did you have to go were you able to keep that was right at the end um pretty much so we I think the very next day probably one of my dogs barking so oh, right. <laughs> um, uh, the very next day we had to walk a bit um well not a bit we had to, we had a quite a long walk um to to get back to uh, the town of Lukla, where we were yep. meant to be flying out. Um, uh, and I just struggled uh, on some of the, well, actually a good number of the rest of the group hired a helicopter. They are like, oh. we're done. Um, and oh. I was like, nah, we, we can still walk. Even the next day I woke up. Yeah, I was like, oh, knee's still there. I can feel it, but it's a walk. It's all right. I'll grab a pole if I have to chunk a wood off the side of the road and use that as a pole. Um, and yeah, and walked back and then, yeah, then, then I was pretty well fine. We did another couple of short walks a little bit later that week, two or three days later, um, but it didn't have any issues whatsoever. And um, like after your trip, was there any difficulties with recovering from that? Uh, well, I came home and went to see uh, physio um, here and that's where I learned what an ITB was. So we sorted that out. Um, and then I actually started playing around with orthotics and that type of stuff. Um, and now, yeah, I mean, I, I wear orthotics all the time now and uh, that seems to help it. So I've not really had a major ITV issue since. Oh, that's good to hear. And I'm terrible, like most runners, at, uh, you know. <laughs> no, you stretch every day, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah every mm-hmm. single yeah, day. Just like yeah. me, yeah. I think, <laughs> think about stretching every single day. <laughs> So do I. <laughs> I think about it. That's almost the same as yeah, doing it. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so would you would you recommend for people to do something like, like that, or do you think? Oh, it- yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, 
I wasn't the only person there that was running my first marathon at the event. Um, oh, wow. It was a relatively decent percentage, um, huh. you know, uh, of, of, of people that were. So it's, you know, that tick box. And for a lot of them, maybe that was their only sort of marathon, um, you know, their, their bucket list sort of thing. But, yeah, it's just a phenomenal part of the world. Um, if you've ever had any thoughts of uh, of um, going over there to, to to walk and to explore, then it's in May. It's the 29th of May every single year. Go over there at that time of the year and try to get a ticket into the event because it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'd, I'd love to go to Nepal, but <clears throat> yeah. might be a couple of years now. But you know, it you might know, be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what are you doing running wise these days? Um, have yeah. you done? Have you done another marathon? And how long did it take you before you did another marathon? Um, pretty quick. There was not definitely not sort of nearly eighteen months or anything like that. Um, I my attitude changed very much to well if your first marathon's on Mount Everest everything else has to be easy surely yeah that's right. um so in yeah so that was 2014 2015 I just set a little personal challenge to enter a race in every state and territory in Australia oh, okay. um and that was between like yeah I think I went to Queensland on Gold Coast and ran a 16k event you know up to entered my first 100k as the uh, Sydney Oxfam trail walk-off so a team of four of us um, we DNF for that but um, yeah so in 2015 I ran oh, one two I think marathons and and a couple of ultras so if you had um, originally thought who would run 42ks what made you think about doing ultras I've uh, no idea um, <laughs> really I mean I think I, I think I said in in our last chat something along the lines of you know once once you're in Canberra there's a lot of you know ultra running and 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 well, there's a lot of trail running and once you're in, in into trails the only distance is an ultra so um, <laughs> definitely trying to run a hundred k's in 2015 was was a mistake yes, um, I think um, and, you know it, it was, and and not only that I ran um, a marathon. This marathon, Australian Outback Challenge, oh, uh, yeah, Outback yeah, yeah. Marathon at Uluru. Um, uh, that was a month before, I think, a month before running uh, the Sydney Oxfam. And then a month later, um, I went to Adelaide and ran the Eurobilla 56, oh, yeah. I think, which we were, yep, yeah, yep. ran just last weekend. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, it, was, it was ridiculous. In eight weeks, and yeah, ran a marathon. A typical excited yeah <laughs> yeah that's right so um it was then um between 2015 i then didn't run 100 k's till uta 2019 so oh, wow. okay. yeah so slowed it all right back or, or, or reduced all the distances right back um and was a lot more methodical and 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 did things in a way that worked for me. And now to this day, that's basically every time I do a run um, has to be, I guess, harder, but harder could be anything. It could be more vert, but shorter. It could be flatter, mm -hmm. but longer. Um, 
or it, it could be, you know, ultras sort of closer together um, without, yeah, yeah. you know, that 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 sort of type of thing. So, have you have you done a multi day yet? No, no, I haven't. Um, so, I mean, the furthest I've ran um, kilometers wise is one hundred and eighteen at the moment. That was on the road, um, and then, uh, but yeah, you know, I've done all sorts of unique things. So, for run against violence, couldn't run outside. So. What do I do? I ran 117 kilometers on a treadmill. Like, and I know. I remember is... we were we were chatting throughout, and I'm like, "He's still on the treadmill." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess for perspective, that was um, you know 30 minutes of every hour for 24 hours. So I, yeah, <laughs> ran the first half of the hour, and then got off the treadmill and checked you my sanity. Find that, and that harder because then you would like cool down, and you know. I I thought going into it, I well going into it, I wondered. I didn't know. Um, you know, I'd, I've ran a half marathon outright on a treadmill before, that was, yeah, mm. fair fair while ago. Um, but otherwise, if I'm on a treadmill, it's usually for a session of some kind because the weather's just awful, you know. So it might be seven or eight k's, but flat chat. Um, so I didn't know, but in the end, no, it, it was around 117. 0.62 um, kilometers in 12 hours. And there's no way I'd run that far that quickly um, if I did it nonstop. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. You know, I did, did roll then, maybe every like, but yeah. Um, and throughout the night, more or less to keep me awake, I'd go for a little walk outside. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, no, in the end, the breaks were great. So, so what's, when, when's your first mile going to be? Well, I don't know now. Um, so the original plan was to run the length of the ACT. That was looking like it would have ended up to be pretty well a miler. Um, so um, the, the first half of next year is pretty well booked up now. I'm doing events at Archie. Um, at, um, at, at, at Oscar's Hut to Hut. And I've got my eyes on the new event um, down in, um, in, in Tassie, uh, yeah. which is only like six weeks later, I think. Um, so that'll sort of be yeah. the challenge. Um, backing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Backing up um, a pretty tough 50Ks at Archie um, to, to 68Ks on on. Mount Wellington um, in, in Hobart a short time later. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. So I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe the miler might have to wait to run against violence next year and do and try yes. to do the, the length of the ACT thing again. So. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. yeah. All right, now um, I have um, some questions, like just ones that I, I like, I've now started to ask um, mm -hmm. At the end of the podcast. So, what has been the best piece of running advice you have ever received? Wow. Um, and you can give us the worst one too if you want. No, no. Oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not overly into this advice thing, but ah, why? I. What do you mean you're not into it? What does that mean? Uh, I just. You just did it. You didn't ask anyone for advice. Well, no, I mean that's not true. I was coached for a while, and it's the example that I'm going to give, yeah. um, which is more a practical example rather than a mantra or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it's just you know I go out there and I set my little goals and off I go, um, and I just mentally 
do one thing that leads into another and, and off we go. But I did get a coach for uh, 18 months, two years to basically work me up through uh, Hounslow Classic in um, the Blue Mountains. So 68 Ks, half thousand meters. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Um, and in my first conversation with um, uh, my coach, I <clears throat> basically said to him, I've entered that because uh, I see that as my Barkley. And by that, I went, it's just impossible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, my coach was like, right, remember that. We're going to discuss that in four months time after the race. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, you know, we, we brought that up every now and then. And, and, and when I finished, um, finished Townslow, uh, only an hour inside cutoff and like fifth last or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, it was the, the message was, uh, it was, uh, from, from my coach to me was, uh, like a photo, a screenshot of that, um, that conversation just, and, yeah. and then that note that I wrote down. And, um, so yeah, more than, like I said, it's not a mantra or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, 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 I don't mean mantras. I don't yeah, know. It, yeah, it's very much, um, yeah, so setting, goal. setting that goal and, and, and just reminding yourself of it and, and realising that, you know, with, with persistence and with effort and following plans, you're going to get there. And it's yeah. like you said, it doesn't matter where you, where you come, it's very much a finish, yeah. finish is the goal. Especially when you thought it was going to be impossible. Um, That's right. So- what motivates you to get up and run every day every every day day in day out it, it, it's now social it, it's it's running ah. with friends um yeah. especially early mornings you know um tuesday wednesday thursdays for me it's it's a 5am alarm every every week week in week out and they're always with friends um and they always finish with with coffee now um but that's changed yeah yeah that's right but that's changed you know four or five years ago i wouldn't have I just wanted to run by myself. Yeah. Um, Why? You know, because you were more um, results driven or? No, because I was just like running's me time. You know, I want to get yeah. out there. Um, but you meet like-minded people that do doing the same thing. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it becomes so much easier. Now it's just, otherwise, apart from that, it's just getting out on the trails in, in, in and around Canberra. So, um, yeah, just, just, it, it's, stunning it's beautiful look i I love the canberra trails there so yeah Yeah. we uh did a two-hour night run at uh about 10 p.m on friday night it was just stunning it was warm just headlamps me and two other mates yeah it was just yeah friday night done right (laughs) exactly right yep yep so um who's been like your biggest supporter and encourager during your your running and as you you know developed as a runner and how did they help you well, I have to say my wife by simply, allow, by simply <laughs> allowing me to leave the house for, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 hours a week to, 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 to go and run. Um, and, um, and of, of, you know, of course, she's been there for most of, most of my ultras as, as support and that, awesome. and that as well. Um, but the group, the running group that we have here and that I regularly run with, um, uh, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and we're all there for each other. I've got a photo. Um, I did an Everesting thing back in April. Um, 
and there's a photo near the back end of that um, with, there must be 20 people in the photo. And I did that a long way out of, out of the way. It was about an hour and 15 minute drive away for everybody, but just to have those friends and their kids come out um, to walk up a hill once or twice with me. um, uh, It was was just huge. And, and, and yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, sort of the, the, the general support in our whole group and, and, and uh, it's just insatiable really. Awesome. That's excellent. And who has been your biggest role model? Have you had a role model, someone that you sort of think is, you know, someone yeah, to aspire no, to be? Um, not, not from an aspiring to be very much, you know, happy with, I yeah. guess, who I am and what I've done. I'm a fan of the sport as well. Like, it, you know, uh, the ultra running is, is now the sport that I kind of follow. Um, so looking at um, well, you know, all, this, all the different events, whether it's, you know, now on the UTMB circuit, the behemoth that that's become, watching it, you know, your elite athletes, male and female, that are just running super, super quick. Um, there is, is always sort of good to see at that level. Um, and then, I mean, even like people like yourself at Barclay and, and, and the things that, that you've done, like your epic mountain adventure, yeah. you know, earlier this year. Was yeah. it this year? Um, yeah, it was this year, believe it or not. You know, yeah, like the amount of just random non, non-running people that I talk to about that, um, you know, yeah. and, and just, um, and and I guess a mutual friend of ours, um, Pam, Pam Mustard. Yeah, she's you know, amazing. And, you know, he's just local yeah. Canberra runner puts on the most amazing events here in Canberra as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, just, just, just an ordinary person that just yeah. goes out and runs ridiculous distances as well. So yeah, yeah. All, all, all sorts of levels of, of different people that do different things is, is, and seeing how different people do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quite inspiring. And, and um, I'm sure people will find you inspiring too. So do you have like some tips for people who are wanting to um, do a big challenge like you did going to Nepal or, or tips for increasing, you know, up from the marathon into getting into ultras? Do you have some sort of tips for them? Yeah, I um, t- take your time. As I said, you know, I pretty much went from, running that marathon in Nepal to within 12, 13 months trying to run a hundred Ks. And, and, and uh, because I didn't know any better or probably didn't have you know, anyone to say that's a silly idea. Um, <laughs> and, and don't do that. You, you might hurt yourself. Um, if you don't hurt yourself physically, you might hurt yourself mentally and never do it again. Um, and, and, and just be done with it. So if you're, you know, stepping up, from a half marathon to a marathon that in its own right is a huge mental yes. change um especially if you're a road runner and you're out sort of pounding the pavement sort of day in day out take your time to do that and then stay at that level um before you make another big jump up to whatever the next distance is um and you know if, if you're a trail runner like guess a lot of the people that listen to this podcast podcast probably are um you know to me distance isn't the ultimate you know it might be sexy to say i've run 100 k's but to 
go and climb, you know, 4,000, 5,000 metres in, in, in a much shorter distance is arguably a much bigger challenge. Um, so um, just be methodical in, in, in how you do it and whether that's through an actual coached um, plan or, or just asking people in, in, in your social networks um, when you're running social networks and for some advice and just be smart not to hurt yourself and, 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 and do little things. Um, I guess me entering Hounslow, even though I see that as a much harder race, was to give me the mental capacity to know that I could run UTA 100 because even though it was 32 kilometres further, it was the same vertical gain and loss. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. if I can do four and a half thousand metres in 68 k's at Hounslow, then four and a half thousand metres in 100 k's um, at UTA would be easy. Obviously, yeah. easy is a throwaway word. Easy, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> yes, I know. That's how my mentality works, and um, I, I pretty much still use a similar process for anything that I do today. Yeah, no, that's all very good advice. Now, if people want to follow you on, on social media, can they do that? They can. You ready for all the fans? What's my Instagram? Mark, okay. Mark, oh, okay. <laughs> Mark runs long. Mark, yeah, Mark runs that's long right. on yeah, Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. they can, uh, I don't post a lot on there and whatnot, but yeah, that's yeah. obviously all running content and photos of trees in Canberra predominantly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again to chat with no us. And, and, you know, that's a, an amazing story that you you went from someone who obviously you were fit when you were young, but basically yeah. someone overweight and, and unfit. And now you're you're running these distances and you're doing so much and you're supporting great causes. So, you know, well done. That's excellent. Thanks. Thanks. It's good. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is fun, isn't it? Yeah, All righty. Well, thanks so much, and um, we'll, I'm sure we'll find we'll get you back next year before um we have again. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thanks for the chat. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Mark is such a great guy, isn't he? Can you imagine doing your first marathon in Nepal? Not someone who does things by halves. If you think you have an interesting story to share, email me, Isabel, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au and you might end up being on the podcast too. If you got value from this episode, I would love it if you could share it with a friend, either on social media or directly. If you do share it on socials, don't forget to tag me so I can thank you. Have a great week of running and training and have fun out there on the roads and trails.